Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Well, it is professional wrestling. Thank God. Thank God we have professional wrestling. It is also the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg. I'm in New York City, the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and I am joined in Philadelphia by the physically and mentally and emotionally large Stack guy, Greg. <laughs> Thought you were going to go with strong there, but I'll take that too. Large large and strong in this case are synonymous. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy I mean, New Year to all the listeners. It, we've been gone. We actually missed a week, which doesn't really happen that often, um, but we did. And it's, we come back to you. Today is January 7th, 2021. It, it's like, it's sort of like, like BC and AD now yeah yeah after the after the death of democracy or maybe you know what or maybe it was after the birth of democracy we are too close to tell right now we are way too close feels feels more like the death it feels like the death but maybe it was actually the death knell for something else and it ends up being the slow beginning of real democracy hopefully and and i mean Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer. That is so true. We could, we could, we could discuss it a little bit. What we're <laughs> alluding to. I I think we won't go into too much detail. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm like fine to have like a little basic conversation about it. Um, and now joining us from Los Angeles, looking like he's in his perfect mid hair and beard. Place he's in the perfect two week window that he lives for, the Magent Brian Dipperstein. Now that you mention it, I really do look great. <laughs> you know, I I thought of that uh, yesterday. I wanted to tweet it, but the day was too serious, so I didn't. But right. you you know the terrible, um, repugnant center uh, a senator, uh, Holly. Oh yeah, yeah. No, indeed. So I, I not compare me to that guy. No, no, no. That's it's not, it's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing. But I, I, I was watching him and I was talking to my friend Jerry and we were like, Jerry's real name is Jody. I should I should know. But I call him Jerry and I'm talking to Jerry and I'm going. Wow. What is this guy? 20 years old. This is ridiculous. He's and, 41. And we, you obviously thought the same thing. So you looked him up at some point. Absolutely. And, and he's 41. And he is a horrible human being, but he looks great. (laughs) 
41? Like, I, I think I look pretty good for 41. I, I, I think I could pass for 36 and a half, 37. He's, he's, he looks better. Than he you. looks better. Wow. He's 41, and I legit thought, like, 31, 32. Like, it's a very, I got to tell you, being a terrible piece of garbage may have its upsides. Yeah, Just he, for him, apparently, because the rest of them age like milk. Oh, <laughs> just, just, just keeping it. I'm just being honest. Hold on, I, I can think of, I can think of an example. Hold, on, let me think of an example of a horrible person who I think ages great. Um, how old is Rubio? Um, I'm not sure. Because Rubio looks pretty good, but that 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 everything depends. If we find out Rubio's 65, I think he looks great. But if we find out Rubio's 41, then again, then I'm not so impressed. He's 49. Rubio Rubio's, his, 49. Rubio's 49? He doesn't look that great. He looks fine. You, I think he looks great for 49. Oh, you do? You think Rubio looks great for 49? <laughs> I think he looks great. <laughs> Although he, he blew up a little bit. He's a little... He's his hairline's his hair receding. He got some balding happening. Yeah, it's been a listen. It's been a tough... In 2016, he looked great. No, no, in 2016. But in 2016, he was only 45. Yeah, so he, he was young in 2016. So, um, you know, listen, uh, this has been a very interesting week to talk about things like sports and rec- wrestling. I had to do the Michael K show yesterday while this was all unraveling on TV, which was uh, challenging. Um, and then and then in some ways, it's also overwhelming that I don't even find it that tempting to talk about because it's either like. You're going to talk about it completely for hours or like there's nothing really to say. You know what I mean? It's not like this isn't a hot take subject. It's like a what the hell are we even watching in front of us and needing to sort of work through it. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to do that on cheap heat today because fortunately there's enough or unfortunately there's enough that happened in wrestling this week that we have to work our way through because my God, it was an interesting week from uh, Monday through Wednesday, it's been wacky. Yeah. Do you want me to? Um, do you want me to immediately change the subject to something I'm? Uh, I think I'm ashamed of. I would say. I well, no, what I was gonna what I was gonna say oh, though was Mick Foley called for him to be removed from the Hall of Fame. That is wow. that's a worthwhile um, outside the ring related note. That was a very aggressive um, and strong tweet from Mick. I think he said get this son of a B out of our, our hall of fame. Yeah. Which I respect, so just, respect just to keep it. it. Like, do we agree or disagree with Mick Foley? Well, see this, you can't you, just you, a simple yes or no, just a simple yes or no. Without getting too deep into the why. Okay. And okay. Like, okay. Um, to keep it, sorry, that's why I, I, let me think, I kept let me it think. closed ended. Let me think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, there's there's a million times when we could have argued it was time. I don't see it getting much more clear than yesterday. You know, I, yeah. I really, I don't. So, no, I don't expect it. Although I will tell you, let's watch the way the wind blows. You don't know. You don't know yeah. the way the wind's going to blow after all this. I think it's all, it's going to be a very interesting few months to see how people start taking shape as things come to an end here. And by the way, we don't know what's going to happen because now the conversation about 
ending this presidency early is stepping up and ramping up now. So let's watch how things play out. But that was a good Mick Foley tie, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, SGG, do you agree you want to hear Dip's random thought to change the subject? I, have, I absolutely do. Go ahead. Take <laughs> so, it. Well, the subject's over, so it's, yeah, go ahead. It's so as you know, the boxes have arrived, and I've only maybe gone through what we've gone through together. There oh, are wow. endless boxes still. So the box that that had all the LJNs in it is the one that I took and brought upstairs from the garage. Okay. Because I don't want, God forbid, I don't want anything to happen to my LJNs. No, well, that's the most important stuff. Yeah, there. For sure. uh, good. It's really not. But to me, the I'm like, I would put over the LJNs. If, if something happens to the LJNs, I don't think my life can go on. Right. No, no, that makes sense. I agree. Okay. Yeah, no, I can't. Family mementos, photo albums, moments, uh, images from my bar mitzvah. Right. All these things can go. But if the LJNs don't survive a flood, that's it for me. But by the way, I got to tell you, the LJNs are made of a strong rubber. I feel they, yeah. do, I feel they do pretty well. As, especially Here's after the, all of these years, like a, a nice flood will give them a nice little bath. Yeah, I agree. Them out, dry them off. They'll be. Fr- but I got. I got. I got news for you. Bundy is sinking to the bottom galore. Yeah, you have to swim for okay. Bundy. <laughs> okay. Listen. So I bring them upstairs, and as you know, I'm agenting, and I'm. I have my earpiece in, and I'm pacing around the house all day. And uh, sometimes I look for ways to keep myself busy while I'm on phone calls. Sure, sure you do. That are boring, and so I will open. I I open the LJN box, and I said to myself. Uh, last week, I don't have enough of these. <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. How many do you have? I like I have about. I would say maybe forty five of them. 40. And I don't know how many. I have about forty five of them. I don't know how many total there are. I think there's like seventy. I, I have by the way, because I, he doesn't have all. He doesn't have enough. Now, and, and SGG, just for the record, I in my we've talked about how spoiled Dip was and yeah. how sad me and SGG's life was, respectively. <laughs> yeah. SGG, the saddest. Mine, the next saddest. I went to two house shows. I had a a, rest, uh, a Hulkamania headband. SGG, nothing. Nothing. Ba- they, nothing. They barely let him turn the TV on, for God's sake. <laughs> now, <laughs> Dipperstein had a subscription to all things wrestling. Anything that was made was shipped directly to his house. He had early access, it sounds like. It doesn't even make sense. But I will say this. From my sad vantage... I only knew about season one, really, of the LJN, series one. I I, I, I never even saw 70. I, I had no, all 70 looked the same or did some of them get smaller? No, they're, by the way, they are by, they are proportioned pro- properly. So like, for instance, like the Mean Gene one is way smaller than the Andre one. No, no, but what I mean is series three, oh. they stayed as big in, as series one. Like they're, oh, yeah. they all look yeah. the same. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Okay. For the most part. Yeah. There are some really big ones. Like big John stud is really big and Bundy's really big. And- no, but I mean like they're the general same size. Yeah, though. General same size. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So I said to myself, you know, I don't have enough. Right. And so I have now officially gone. Here we go. Down the eBay. Wow. Etsy rabbit hole. Wow. Of. What is the cheapest I can get LJNs that don't look disgustingly repug of the ones that I have not purchased or had in my lifetime? And I've become obsessed with it. Okay. And I have purchased now, I'm doing one a week. 
Okay. And so I haven't gone to the Warrior or Haku, which are now, you know, the Warrior is the most valuable one by leaps and bounds. It is like you know, actually you, the most valuable or the most valuable to you? No, it's the most valuable. It's you cannot get it for under four hundred. Yeah, I, I looked it up. I looked all missing and everything. I looked it up the other day after you talked to me about it, and yeah, the warrior one is consistently expensive and getting bidded on galore. Yeah, yeah, the three <laughs> most valuable from my perspective. Here we go. There's actually five. Okay. There's Big Boss Man. There's Rick Rude, Haku, Warlord, and a Warrior. I have Warlord. Of course you the do. The Warlord yeah. has skyrocketed <laughs> in numbers that are explosive. You can't get a Warlord. This that is your, is, that's your fault. Though. Yeah, that you is your fault. Yeah, that's what I say. That is all you. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm responsible for jacking up the rest of the world? 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, that, my life is complete. <sighs> but so I'm now buying one a week, so I have something to look forward to in the mail. It's interesting to see how quickly these things come. So the other day, I picked up... This guy. There we go. His name is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Let me, let me see him. Ever heard of him. I'd like to see him up close on our Zoom here. Because yeah, I feel like that doesn't. Let me see. Oh, there's... okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a headband, a black headband. Yeah, yeah. Him. He it, looks great. I just got to tell you, like, I have no recollection that that was made. Right. The Ricky okay. Steamboat. And what, what well, else do you get? Then... Then I, I never had this one. Well, I, I have that. Oh. I could have given that to you for free, 100%. You would have given it to me for free? I've, I would have given it to you for free. I have well, some. Don't worry about it. I paid $17 for it. That is Brutus the Barber Beefcake, a gorgeous first series confirmed. And then this one, there's the, the third one that I bought, I always wanted and never had. And it really it came and it is beautiful. Oh, a, a, a gorgeous statue? A gorgeous, <laughs> stunning statue. Okay. That deserves all of the accolades that. Uh, this, this person received at the beginning of his career. His name is Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Wow. Bring that a little closer. I love how they only had a few poses for all of these. Yeah. Like yeah. that, the, the, the making one muscle was like, it was Beefcake. It was, I think, Jesse the Body. It was Jimmy Snooker. They're all doing the same thing. There's subtleties to it. Like, he's not he like. thumb like, out. Beefcake has his thumb out. He's saying, I'm Beefcake. Right. No, no, you're right. He's got the thumb out. Confirm. And and Ricky, Ricky with the claws is saying, I do karate. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. He is. He's saying, I do karate. He's permanently and, fixed um, in that mode of I do karate. And uh, yesterday, here we go. I bought Bundy because I didn't have Bundy. I have that as well. Would have I would have proudly given you. What else do you have? What else do you have? Yeah, that's the best follow up question. I have Bundy, I have Beefcake, I have Hogan, I have Stud. Um, you have Savage? I have Savage. Can I have the Savage? Absolutely not. I have... <laughs> no, I'll go home and get them. I'll go home and get them. It now, But I will tell you, I will tell you, you starting this conversation made me want to collect LJ hands. I know. Because I love them. They're the only ones I like. It's making me very happy. To receive these things i gotta tell you <laughs> well very dip, happy. welcome to my life dude why do you think i have ten thousand records and a gazillion wrestling t-shirts it's a joy it is it it's is a joy. lot of fun it's a joy and yeah. let me tell you i i, I let me tell, I, I i'll tell you the other one that i always wanted that i never had that i found for a very reason oh, i have jyd I, by the way i have jyd yeah. that uh, that looks fantastic is ted rcd i bought ted rcd wait wait there's i didn't a, even know they made one for there's ted no ted rcd there is, and let me tell you, it comes with the back knee. You're, no, no, you're, this is made up. There's no yeah. Ted R. No, there's it's really not. Ted R. 
Yes. And let me tell you what his pose says. I lift weights. Seriously? Yeah. Is there legitimately a Ted RCD? Yes. I think it was 87. SGG, does this shock you? This does shock me. Who like, would have purchased that? How do you not know this? He's a this jobber. He was a jobber, no? Well, yeah. so is SD Jones, and he has a he has. SD Jones does have one. SD Jones does have one. But SD Jones was a slightly more mage jobber. Yes, he was. Yes. Was SD Jones listed as being from, uh, is he Trini or Barbados? I don't know. I'm anyway, shocked. I'm so, shocked that they, I, I can confirm there is a there is a Ted RCD LJN. That is shocking. <laughs> and SD Jones from Antigua. From Antigua, that's correct. Thank you. I apologize. A beautiful country. So, so um, I am now an expert on the market value of these things well, that's that are so useful. Shape, that are in decent loose shape, you know, loose but decent shape. I can tell you exactly what they're worth. Oh, do you? So, the least valuable one. The least valuable ones are like um, uh, Hillbilly Jim is yeah. not that valuable. Um, because it was you know, widely made and not, it's and it's not like he's that considered that iconic. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Piper. Pi- oh, Pi- um, I have Piper galore. Yeah, a JYD is yeah. not that made, valuable. They made a lot of JYDs. Yeah, I mean, the ones that they made a ton of um, – are, are not uh, that mage, but it's the ones from 89, the final, you know, the final ones. Right before they you go know. to Hasbro. So funny, there's listeners that know way more than me and way more. I mean, there's people that know everything about these, like, you know, like, uh, like Zack Ryder and, and, you know, the, you know, Fig Heel and all these people know everything about everything. I'm just interested in the loose ones that are in decent shape and I'm going to get them all. I'm going to get every single one. So uh, I'm starting with the inexpensive ones and uh, I'm going to go from there. I'm buying Macho Man next. It's forty bucks. Macho Man's forty. It's That's, thirty-five usually, and it's thirty, and then depending on, and then the shipping costs. So in total, it's like you know forty to fifty bucks. Yeah, my Warlord is worth like four hundred dollars, and it's not in great shape. And it's Warlord. <laughs> That's incredible. But it was rare. It's rare. Well, listen, uh, I'm sure it is rare, and I'm glad we spent 40 or 50 minutes on LJNs, but we actually have some things we have to get to here. Um, we're, I, I don't know. It's almost like disrespectful to just do our Brody Lee retrospective in the midst of this show when, you know, well, let me just set this table, the table first. The biggest thing that's happened since we last convened is the passing of Brody Lee. There was an atrocious episode of Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Mm-hmm. There was the Brody Lee tribute show last week, which needs to be talked about. And then there was some interesting things that happened on AEW last night. Some good, some not so good. Um, so what I'm saying is, how do we frame this? Do you want to go right into Brody Lee or should we, should we end the show? Why don't we end the show? with our tribute and retrospective on Brody Lee. How do you feel about that? I like that. Brody Lee in the main event sounds great to me. There you go. That's good. That sounds good to me. All right. Brody Lee will be the main event. So in the meantime, uh, let's talk about Legends Night on Monday Night Raw, uh, which came sort of out of nowhere. I guess it got announced last week. Um, uh, that Again, this was one of those very obvious things that Dipperstein has complained about a million times of trying to quote unquote pop a rating. Um, you know, uh, it, it did. I'll say this. I don't, I haven't seen the ratings. 
it made me interested to turn on the show at eight o'clock. The problem was I turned on the show at eight o'clock and the first thing I saw was some inexplicable Hulk Hogan bit about the H phone. It was as if the iPhone one came out last week. And so they wanted to play on the popularity of everyone discussing this brand new iPhone. So we're going to do a cheesy joke of the Hulk Hogan H phone. However, all we were left with was this nonsensical joke about the H phone because, of course, the iPhone's not even in the news right now. It's not even a thing right now. So I was flabbergasted that that was the start of the show. Damn the fact that we've given up on the fact that Hulk Hogan will never leave the character. Like that, this is it. This is the only way he performs is what you're going to do, brother. Um, which I just don't have an interest in anymore. I I, I would, you guys know, we've, we're not going to spend, I, don't, I do not want to spend with how many race problems we have in the world. Greg, you're, if you feel passionate, feel free. Me, I don't. That's I'm, the thing. I don't. I'm done <laughs> talking don't. about even the Hogan race situation. From a wrestling standpoint, 1986 Hulk Hogan doesn't play. So if you want to utilize him, because he's one of the biggest stars of all time, you need to make him a real character, a fallible thing, a character who has dimensions to him. Mm-hmm. Trotting him out to go, what you gonna do? It's it, Who is it for? And, and here's the thing, to, just to... Just to add on to what you're saying, 1980, the 80s Hogan, what you're going to do, brother, shtick doesn't play because WWE killed it, okay? They forced him out, then they forced his hand with Austin and made him go to the Hollywood black and white character that he can't really return to right now either. That Now, that's a very interesting take. That's a very interesting take. So you're saying that when he came back, there was truly never a real coming back to red and yellow. No, like it was like over. It it's was it's been over. over since he donned the black and white. The red and yellow's really been dead. It, can, in, in fact, what's the last what's the last great red and yellow mo- moment that you remember? Is Brock Lesnar standing over him, taking the title from his hands one last time, wiping the blood? Hogan has been dead. WWE killed Hogan, that red and yellow Hogan, so many different ways that to bring it back now is is it's a slap in the face without all the race stuff That's, and it's not interesting i gotta tell you it's a fantastic take out of you sgg um it was that was just the beginning though um the truth is what upset me the most throughout the night was just the lack of creativity on how to use these guys in funny entertaining ways you know i'm not i'm not gonna bury the people they brought back and question who's a legend and who's not okay that's whatever that's it's stuff you can certainly argue but it doesn't make a difference really what makes a difference is what are you doing with these guys when they're back? Listen, the disconnect is so vast from what is entertaining and what is not at this point watching the show like that, that I, I don't even know how to even begin to articulate what that episode of television was. I, I, I'm not going to go crazy right now, but that is, it was like, I, I, I can't even believe what I was seeing at, at this point. We, 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 if I hear, damn, one more time, 
I, 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 I'm going to like blow my brains out. If I hear Sergeant Slaughter go puke, I, I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's insane. They almost did something cool. Let me hold on. Let me let me just say that. Let me tell you what the Legends Night should be. Okay. All right. Go ahead. They should bring out HBK, Stone Cold, Triple H. They the 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 legends who are of truly yesteryear slaughter IRS um, Tatanka. I I care about these people. I am this is my that's my era of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But to to see the versions of them that are just the bloated, you know, sad sort of versions of these people to just do whatever their gimmick was for five seconds backstage is not entertaining. If you had HBK come out and like do, even though you know how I feel about seeing HBK these days, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see HBK like this. It it hurts me in in my soul. (laughs) It really does. I mean, this is not HBK. This is a man who used to be HBK. I mean, it's it's, HBK. He's just heartbroken. He's not the heartbreaker. He's the heartbroken kid. Heartbroken kid. The face, the hair, the 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 the, the body language, everything about it is is ripug. But um, you know, they can have HBK come out, Stone Cold, the modern legends, and be a and and incorporate them into the storylines. The yeah. walking backstage to put over a young to to put over uh um what's his name the 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 you know the the Angel Garza. Mm-hmm. Who no one cares. I mean, at the end of the day, no one cares. No one cares about Angel Garza. Okay. Angel Garza is a good wrestler. In my opinion, he's not a star. Okay. Well, and certainly not, right now, there's nothing that's particular. There's nothing. I mean, he's nothing. I don't even know what they're doing. They're putting him over what? In what way that he can attract Tori Wilson or attract this one? I mean, it's, it's, it's really nonsensical. But if they want to do a Legends Night, have the modern legends come out and put them involved in some of the storylines. There are no storylines, but if there were storylines in wrestling, putting them in the storylines and doing something fun like that would be would be fine. Now you could argue that Randy Orton is the legend killer and they tried to they, they you know whatever with the Mark Henry thing which was abysmal and, and bizarre and awful. Well, I thought in- I, that was and that was the thing that I thought I, I had a chance to be interesting. Oh my because they have a his, they have a history, and Mark Henry still looks good and is young, and so like I was like, oh, what's going to happen here? And it was roll a wheel. What is a wheel away or what? It was it was crazy. You want to incorporate Mark Henry into Raw? You know, tell have him coaching the hurt business for the night, and and you know have him, you know I don't know whatever I don't even know. I haven't given it much thought. Because it, it was so crazy. It sounds to like you gave it more episode. thought than they did, though. <laughs> right. It it but, it was it was a uh, it was very rough. I, I have a little bit of an explanation on a few of the things that they did and why. Um, but I, I, you know, from from hearing some stuff that I heard this week, but I just it, it's um, the legends scenario is just um, what Tatanka just appears. That's it. Just standing That's there just in, 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 in in the thing. He just sta- and by the way, wh- he looked really bored and annoyed by what he was doing. Too, and- by the way, there was a moment where Tatanka, if you saw Tatanka, whatever the whatever the segment he was in, if you just focused on him, he was like, "What is going on right R- now? Why am I here? Why am I doing this all day?" What do you think they paid Tatanka for the night? I, I don't know. That's going. <laughs> wanna- That's going. <laughs> That's going a level past what I know. I had a terrible joke that I was going to make, but I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah, there's so many to make. Now, also, right there. so so again, 
Uh, Did I make any points there? I'm sorry. No, I mean, I think you just felt the way everybody feels. But this isn't about whether or not these people are legends. It's just about what their age range is. Mm-hmm. why do Mickey James and Alicia Fox just all of a sudden act like I never knew Alicia Fox wasn't officially even talent anymore. Okay. Like I, I, that. I didn't know. Is, I didn't know that was official alumni section. And this is what, this is what goes to the legends conversation too, right? It's like legends is, is the same as superstars. You get signed and no matter what That's level true. You get a legend talent deal. you've achieved, you are a superstar. And then when you're no longer a superstar, you're just a legend. They just it's just a term that they use. It's a to good point. It's a good point. It doesn't mean anything. Now. Like, yeah, it means something to us. It doesn't but it doesn't mean anything to them. We're just like you're we wrong. The greatness. It's whoever to them, in, it's just a term. It's whoever is in good favor with them. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you're in like, good if you're in good favor, you're a legend. If you're not and you don't have a deal, you're just a retired wrestler. Your former WWE superstar. Your former superstar who didn't become a legend. Like whoever was involved in that class action lawsuit, you know, years ago, is not involved in wrestling anymore. Who would? I mean, I got to tell you, I'd love to see the powers of pain yeah. <laughs> on television. Demolition. Whoever you're going to put legends on there, they're missing incredible legends. I uh, thought. Yeah. I thought you made the best point though. Take the legends who are actually legends who are still capable of being on camera in a way that's meaningful. Booker T, JBL, Mick Foley, Steve Austin, guys who you could still utilize, who are capable of doing stuff and seeming like it could make sense. Mark Henry, things that could possibly make sense. But like, they don't ever give us that. I, you know how hard I would pop right now for a storyline where someone was getting a faction was getting led by like, okay, this is going to sound crazy, right? What if we found out that there was some other person behind the hurt business? We've been hearing about this name who's been involved in the hurt business. We don't know who it in who it is. Hold on. And then one day you go, who is this blah, blah, blah. And you hear a conversation, you see the camera pan up. And they're like, well, that's why we always, when every time we talk to you, we blah, blah, blah. And they do that old school WWE style pan of who is it? And it's JBL in full gimmick. He's been he's been behind the scenes masterminding with MVP, the Hurt Business, his takeover again of WWE. Someone who like could then be utilized. I know JBL can't really do a ton of work right now, but I know he can absolutely take some good punches and do some basic stuff to be a manager. Without a doubt. And you could have a real, a compelling, and guess what JBL gives you? A guy who, when he cuts promos in the middle of the ring, it's must-see TV. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Like, why not utilize the guys that are, are there? You're making them fly in for the pay-per-views and different things like that. Why not utilize them that way? But this, it's just so, SGG, listen, we had an argument on text the other day because you were hopeful that maybe something good could come out of the Legends night. So I guess yeah, we'll- which- which makes no sense to me because we all, um, I'm a, unless my crystal ball is in the mail, it could have went either way. There really was potential for it to go either way. Well, but you didn't think that it was going to go well. You hope. No, yeah, I wanted. I, you hope that I said, it, though. This, you hoped it would <laughs> so go so said, bad yeah. that it would lead to something good. Right. It would be so bad, like like almost like the producers that play. It would be so bad that it could be a different type of success that, but but again i mean i think zach made the gave us the best rebuttal to that is just that like the, the history and the evidence doesn't suggest that 
it'll be so bad that it'll inspire them to like light a fire under them. It'll be it would be so bad that heads will roll and then somebody will take the blame and then this will just be in the history as like a bad episode of Raw that was a one off. Like we're not going to get anything good out of this. Well, no, no, no. What, you, what you're hoping for, the only thing you could hope for, SGG's hope is that Monday night's episode of Raw is what yesterday was to our nation for democracy. Yeah, but it looks like I'm wrong on both counts, though. <laughs> well, I, well, we know the, the democracy one's certainly going to take a long time to play out. WWE will know in a few weeks if, if anything good comes <laughs> of it. But yeah, I, I'm at a point where I think the yesterday was so bad for the country that I believe the damage it will most do is to the people who are responsible for what happened. So I, I think there will be a, a, a net good. I don't think that next week we'll come back with an episode of Raw where they go, you know what, it's time to really buckle down and give us some storylines that mean something. I, I, I hope that's the case. Listen, we're all getting ready for the season mm-hmm. that, you know, SGG has waxed poetic on this, that basically more often than not a season that delivers. J- late January to April is generally at least pretty good and you get to something you care about. Now, last year's a tough one to talk about because we got to March, early March, and then the whole thing went to the PC. But I think we're having a different conversation, guys, if after the Rumble, we're not excited about several stories. Yeah, and and just to back up to just to, like, they know the problem. You know what I mean? Ali was on Raw Talk and articulated the problem with Legends Night and how they do it very well that they have a talented roster and i think the, the way he said it was that like yes these legends blaze the path but you don't let us walk on the path they have a very talented roster that they could do something with and you know i, I mean they hire talented writers we know people who who work for them as writers they oh wait we know talented writers we know untalented writers all kinds of writers but, but, I, but what i'm saying is that they they and they zach who worked for dot com by the way. Yeah, exactly. And Zach work for .com. And you who who they bring in as a media professional to do the kickoff shows and the and they they have everything that they need to be as successful as we make them up in our minds to be when they do good every once in a while. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be the case that like Roman is over here thriving and he's leaps and bounds far and away so much better than everybody else when they can put different people in the positions to be just as good. I know everybody can't be top tier, but the gap does not have. Well, to be Roman's that Roman's a great example too, because because Dipperstein, as we know, is not the world's biggest Roman guy. He doesn't think Roman's a super talent. However, he has had you have had moments, Dip, over the last few months where you've really enjoyed what's going on with Roman because it's a good. He's had a good story at times. It just yeah. seems like they can't do more than one. It's one story, and the rest is rough. Listen. And I mean, I'm not even going to give them can't because when WWE's back is against the wall, like they always, they always hit a home run. I remember a few years ago when somebody, when people got sick and they lost several talents and they still managed to pull a great show because they pulled oh, that was um, awesome. Finn and AJ out of their hat. And then like, it didn't even matter that these people were sick and they couldn't deliver on what was advertised because they had the talent. So it's like, can't is, is not, I'm not even giving them that. I'm giving them won't. Yeah. They yeah no, won't that's a better for word. For whatever reason. Dip, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm thinking about trying to I'm I'm thinking about what my my how crazy I want to go on the Goldberg of it all. Oh. 
Goes crazy. I'll say, th- I'll say this about the Goldberg just to open the door. I mean, this is another case of of just Roman being great. Oh. When Roman and Drew, when Roman and Drew was sitting at the contract signing, he told Drew, "You're a secondary title holder. You're the guy that they send in when Roman doesn't want to do it, right?" <laughs> Oh, God. And, they, Ro- and Roman be, doesn't want to do, do it was, Goldberg. Exactly. It was being reported for months that it was going to be Roman and Goldberg. And the fans poo-pooed on it for just as long. Why would Roman want to do that? Yeah, but, Roman but, doesn't want to do that. But what a, Send in the secondary title. Yeah, but what about Drew, who, who, who really is doing his best? And, like, actually, I think Drew... I think Drew now has the potential actually to be mage. Like, I think he's finally gotten to the precipice of he could be mage. And then what do we get instead? We get him posing down with Hulk Hogan. Exactly. And then getting knocked over by Goldberg. That's what you want to do to Drew? And that's what I was going to say. You say, well, what about Drew? Is like Roman told you. Drew is the guy who's going to say yes when he says no. Drew, Roman's not posing around with Hulk Hogan. Roman's not getting shot. Yeah, but down but, by but, but for the but for the record, they are in different power positions. It's just it's just how it is. Yeah, it, it is just true. Drew Drew has to. Drew's been given the title during this pivotal time. They're like we they trust him. He is he the guy? He's such a nice guy. Is Drew going to turn around and be like, "Sorry, mate, not going to do it. I'm not going to work with him." That's just, that's just not who he is, you know. And he's so, a great guy. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. So it's it's unfortunate because I really. I'm starting to see Drew in a credible way. And then Monday happened. So, Dip, let's, let me guess. You're really excited about the return of Goldberg. You think it made perfect sense that these legends parted like the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, Goldberg walked out as if he's the biggest legend in WWE history. They, that, was the, that was the part that bothered me the most. Was the setup was such that it was like everyone stand aside. Goldberg's here. Yeah. I was, he's not even a WWE legend. Before before Dip goes off, I will say too that that it was sad that like they do a thing like Legends Night and then the one person who they tie into a storyline and like make it meaningful enough to justify even doing the Legends Night was Goldberg. He's the one person who got something out of it. Well said. I look, I don't even know what to say. I, I was a Goldberg guy. And now I watch a more muscular version of my father coming out there to 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 uh to push around the WWF champion. It's bizarre. I mean that's that's what it is. I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing uh my father uh wrestle. Um my father is is a wrestler. Yeah. And he's at the <laughs> top Jewish of the card. And he's at the top of my, the card. My Jewish father's at the top of the card. I just I don't know. It just it, it's really hits different when I see him now. I don't know anyone who would pay any sort of raccoons to watch no. Goldberg wrestle. And I, I just don't need to see him ever again. You know the vibes. <laughs> can, I, can I ask this, though? They Isn't said it, you know so- the vibes on AEW this week, by the way. <laughs> no. Yeah. Was it the acclaimed? It was it was it was Hardy Party. It was private party hit a Oh my god. Oh of course. By, by the way, I love private party. But, and I gotta tell you, what a basic and mage thing they've done. You take Matt Hardy, you put it with private party, it's Hardy and Party. And I'm like, you know what? It actually works. <laughs> it does work better than Hardy Bros. I, I know that's the th- yo. We gotta have a riddle conversation at some point too. There's something going on. There's something going on? There's something going on. What's going on? I can't tell how much of it is is ribbon to just to rib Matt Hardy 
or just to like rib riddle or punish riddle but like there is something going on I wasn't even thinking about that it's a rib because his name is Matt and he's with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he's Matt and Jeff and they're the Hardy bros. I didn't, by the way, never put that together until right now. (laughs) I never thought about it that way. (laughs) I just feel like whatever is going on with the Riddle character, like there was a period where I thought Riddle, I I got it. I fully got it. And there's something that's not connecting for me. It's not. Well, he's an idiot. He's just. He's just a riddle. Fool. Oh yeah. Like the characters. I, I, yeah. There's not enough to the character. It's nothing. It's a nothing. I. I was a fan in in the in the indies. Oh, the, I. I remember fan. how big you popped when he when he came up to the main roster. Yeah, he's the man. He's like a great wrestler and everything. Like he's he was incredible back when, but now it's like, oh my god, dude. It's un, he's unwatchable. He's unwatchable. Too. Like it's like, bruh. and I know that that's the thing, but like the exaggerated non-human being version of it is such, so bad, such bad television. It's like, I don't even know how to describe that. Like we, we get it. He's a bro. You don't have to only say the word bro to be a bro. I know. It's like, bro. what? Bro. Yo, bro, bro. That, that, oh. Okay. We, we get it. We get it. Um, so right. anyways, yeah, you, you know, you have to leave here. You know I mean, the you know the vibe. You know what? Go make those raccoons. You know the vibes. Um, what I was gonna play. say, <laughs> what I was gonna say before we lost dip, isn't it sort of remarkable though that WWE, for Goldberg, for some reason they maintained most of the mystique that he had when he was in WCW instead of just ruining him. Like they brought him in, let him run through the rock, let him run straight to the title, and then now they keep bringing him back to do the same thing, even when like other legends would get sacrificed. It is it's- weird. It's no? the gray beard. It's the gray beard. That's what it is. What do you mean? His beard, his facial hair oh. is gray. Oh, you hate he it. Looks like an old man. But if he dyed it, then it wouldn't get it the right color. And he'd look like Nash when he had the weird jet black when he came back. I, it would look better than the gray old man. I just think that SGG points out something really interesting, which is the WWE, for the entire history they've existed, have done nothing but bury every little bit of WCW history. With the exception of Goldberg, who gets treated like he's greater than any WWE superstar in history. Yeah, even even like the men who beat Goldberg is still under ten, if I'm not mistaken. It's just they like, have him on this like two every two year, like four, you know, four matches a year, two matches a year deal. You know, it's all it's been reported. He, has anyone pimped the wrestling business better than Goldberg in the history of the business? No, he showed no. up. He showed up at what thirty. He showed up at 30, worked a, a busy schedule for a few years, has never really worked since. His combined, if you were to average Goldberg's money per date, he's the richest wrestler. He's probably the richest wrestler in history. Probably. I mean, Brock is up there too, but Goldberg, it's so, it, I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware. The streak, the streak wasn't real. He, he didn't wrestle all those matches. He, he probably just got to 173 when he beat Bray. Right, right. He may have now gotten to 173 <laughs> matches. Maybe now. He probably just hit it. So, Dip, I, uh, Dip, we know you have to go, but since we're going to lose you, uh, wh- I know you have a few things you wanted to say about the Brody Lee of it all and the, tri- and the tributes and just how impacted you were by the his loss. Um, I, the tribute, I immediately burst into tears on the tribute show, watching the tribute show. But what I was saying, and you and I talked about this a few days after his death, I don't know the man. 
Um, I don't work for WWE, but I could not believe what um, I couldn't believe the impact that he had on the business in the time that he's been there based on people's emotions and tributes and sort of the profound way in which this was handled by the wrestling community, you know, and I felt even though all I do is occasionally appear on a podcast and represent uh, over the years, numerous people who work for WWE, including yourself. Um, that's my connection, except being a lifelong fan. It made me feel truly like part of the wrestling community. Um, the way that, that uh, his death was handled by everyone. And he clearly made long lasting friendships um, people treated him like family. He was family to a lot of people. Um, I was always a fan of him personally in the ring. I thought he was a great wrestler. And uh, yeah, I was, th I was thinking about that. I feel like he always got love on this podcast. I, I don't, I don't think we were ever critical of his work. Like he, I he loved his work in AEW. I loved his work in WWE. Um, you know, having his kid come out, uh, on the tribute show and, and, you know, Tony Khan and, and Cody give him the title and just all the tribute. The whole thing I thought was unbelievably well done by AEW. Um, I was frankly surprised that WWE even put up a thing, um, but I guess he had recently worked there. He had so recently worked there um, that so many people considered him family and, and he was so close to so many people there that I feel like they probably need, felt like they needed to. Well, it would have been, it would have uh, been and so wanted to and wanted to, but yeah, I mean, he seemed so beloved in that locker room, but I was, my, the point I was making was I felt like it made me feel like part of a community to like the way I, the emotion that I felt, um, uh, with all the tributes and, and, you know, in the days following his death. So and it's, anyway. it's almost like there wasn't a community until he passed away. Like the way everybody came together and like, it wasn't about companies. It was just about like wrestling and, and loving Brody Lee. It was like, it was like probably that was like the first time it felt like what people say it should be about. You know what I mean? Like just loving wrestling and appreciating the talent and everything like you, that. You know what though? I it wasn't think like that before. I think, I think that was new to the fans and to the internet. I think the fans and the internet mm -hmm. finally got to feel what it's like for the boys because That's right. in the business, it, that is what it's like. Like there's a reason Eddie right. Kingston shows up and you're like, how is Eddie Kingston this close with John Moxley? I've never seen yeah. them together once in my life. And then, and then Eddie Kingston's telling the stories of or John Moxley's telling the stories of sitting at Eddie Kingston's mother's table in New York. And you're like, oh, yeah, because we don't follow every moment of these guys in these career indie careers when they completely are interwoven. So I think the passing of Brody Lee allowed everyone to see just how close people can be in the wrestling business. Um, and everyone it, is so interwoven. We don't realize mm -hmm. how interwoven people are. Legends included, you know. Yeah, um, often legends included because the ones who stuck around, and, you know, that was probably one of the, the, the most heartfelt and difficult things to read afterwards was the post from Bray Wyatt. You know, when he posted about we were supposed to wrestle in, in, in small gyms when we were 70 yeah. together, you know. Uh, anyways, Dip, uh, go ahead. I know you got work to do. We'll talk to you soon. Stay mage. Stay mage. Um, but it was, uh, it really was SGG. Like, I said to Dip, if someone had told you 
Luke Harper, Brody Lee is going to tragically pass away. You would have thought, oh my God, that's tragic and that's horrible and upsetting. I don't think I would have believed it would stop the wrestling world on its access the way it did. Same. And Goldstein said it, or Goldstein said it, and it's true. Like, this was like Owen Hart's level of universally beloved. He was a family man. He made everything feel like a family. And it's just like, it sucks that we didn't get to see that side of him, but at the same time, knowing how much he loved the business and the characters that he portrayed, we we got something special from him too. And it's like, it's tough because you, he, we did lose a wrestler, but it, it just felt like when you read the tributes and you hear what everybody had to say, like the world just lost an incredible human, like set his occupation aside. Like that type of guy... If he was a construction worker, like it would be a, a, a tremendous loss. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. he was like a plumber, you know, a, a florist, it, it, you know, your neighborhood florist, it, that was just a, a, a tremendous loss. That's what it felt like. He just felt like, man, such a special guy. And it was one of the weird things for me is that, you know, working in the way that I work with the company, I come in for a day, a couple of days, a month. Sometimes more, sometimes I'm was gone for a year, you know, whatever. And you may have relationships there with people who are best friends with someone and you don't know that person at all. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't, I didn't know him at all. If I ever said a word to him, I don't remember that it happened. Like, meanwhile... I would say Big E is among the people I'm closest to at the company. And they were like brothers. Yeah. You know, and I I, I made sure to reach out to Big E in the days afterwards because he is such a sweet, wonderful man. I just want to check in on him. But, you know, and Emilio Sparks was so close with him. And all these people. And so it's, it was very weird. And, and I understand this is a selfish way of looking at this. I'm just going, letting you guys know my personal feelings. But I was away. I was in Nashville. And I was just, I felt so weird because in one sense, of course, I was just sad as a fan, you know, the basic sadness of this awful situation. But then I also felt so bad for all these other people that I care about and think are great because of their loss, but feel weird because I'm like, and I don't even know the guy. I only know him in the way that I, I'm a fan, uh, you know, thought he thought he did great work um, and thought it was just the beginning. I mean, he finally got with the Brody Lee character he finally had an opportunity to be a main event guy, you know, and, and really, you know, listen, he was, he was very young. Trust me. He's I'm 41. So he was way too young to die, but he was not a spring chicken for the wrestling business. He put in a lot of work and he just sort of gotten towards the top of the mountain. So in addition to the personal tragedy, which is obviously just brutal, his his kids and his wife. Um, from a wrestling standpoint, we will never get to know exactly what it would have looked like at the top of the mountain for Brody Lee. Yeah. He was just he was just getting there. And, you know, to AEW's credit, we, we talked about this. They moved their stories along along very slowly. So, and while I while I commend that all the time, take your time with a story. Um who knows, you know, it might have been a year or two before Brody Lee was literally at the absolute, you know, 
We would have eventually gotten the Brody Moxley story. You know, yeah, we would have gotten maybe him and Eddie Kingston. We, there, there could have been so many things that would have come down the line. Um, and we just, we'll never get there. So what a, what a tragic story that was. And it, but it was nice to see the wrestling community, um, come together. SG, do you want to read a couple of, uh, emails here? Yeah. We yeah, haven't. It's been a while, so, but this is how you start off the new year. That's right. We have to check it, checking in with some old friends. All right, let's see what the people have to say here. Um, how do I change my mail? Why won't it let me change my mailbox here? Uh-oh. Yeah. Hold on. All inboxes. I don't want all inboxes. How do you change it to separate inboxes? Using what the Apple? I use the um. Oh, here it is. They switched the thing. They moved it over here. I got it. All right. Oh, I have a mailbag drop. Where is that? Nope, that's not it. Welcome to the shoot, nope. Arrow baby. Here it is. Mail. Man, so many to get to. By the way, if you haven't checked it out yet, Juan Epp is dead. The podcast, big MF Doom tribute show. I think you'll. Really, really enjoy it. Man, going back, oh, I love you guys, man. There's so many damn, so many damn emails here. Wow, SGG. Going all the way back to the end of December, I got a lot of emails we have not gotten to. So let's go to Chris Smith first, who says, Hey, Pete and Stack Guy, about halfway through Raw and felt the urgent need to email you guys. Hulk Hogan has appeared with Drew in a backstage segment, wishing him luck against Keith Lee for his match later. Number one, of course he's hoping the black wrestler loses. Number two, trust Hogan to approach and be associated literally the whitest guy in wrestling today, Sheamus. Just thought that, just thought that was funny. Love the podcast. Met Pete and Dip at WrestleMania 35 um, that I saved for three years to afford to go to. Both of you couldn't have been nicer. Keep up the good work. Chris in England... In Winkum, Winkum, Chris and Winkum. Thanks. I don't know which one is right, and it could be either. <laughs> Chris and no, it was Winkum. Winkum. Uh yeah, Chris and Winkum. Thanks, Chris. Um, Benjamin writes us. Mail. Sorry, this was not related. To the podcast. It was related to the uh, K show. I guess he listens to both, where I was talking about uh, if Don LaGreca had a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And the guy said it would be called Renton and Raisins. Not bad. Uh, Bro Travis writes us Mail. Hey, sweet Pete and Uptown Malcolm. We had some very sad news to end 2020, hearing about the unfortunate passing of MF Doom. Pete, you've been doing a great job celebrating him on your other media outlets, so could you please talk about him for a moment with the Cheap Heat audience? Also, I really can't believe that WWE brought back Goldberg again. Drew has worked so hard during the past year, and if they make him drop the title to Goldberg, I feel like it's all been for nothing. In a time when viewership needs a boost, why bring back someone with a track record for terrible matches? 
Should I just watch AEW and listen to West Side Gun instead of watching Raw? <laughs> you know the vibes. Jay. So real quick, I'll just say this about MF Doom. If you've never spent any time with MF Doom, he's amazing, an amazing rapper, an amazing producer. He's also an amazing character. Uh, sometimes I think he's... Sometimes I think he's like the undertaker of, of wrestling. This character that he like never really breaks. Except like the undertaker every once in a while, he does an interview and breaks it. Um, but he was so committed to that character and it's so deep and there's so many layers and he has multiple characters. There's actually, if you ever try to look up all of MF doom's music, there's MF doom, there's Victor Vaughn, there's King Ghidra. There's different albums by all of them. They're three different characters of MF Doom. Of course, before that, before MF Doom, he was in a group called KMD. Um, I would argue that MF Doom is the most successful artist, rap artist, to make it from the late 80s, early 90s, not named Jay-Z, in terms of where he is right now. So don't say LL Cool J or KRS-One because they're icons and legends, of course. But Doom's following of his music was up till right now. Like he's still getting followed musically right now. Um, so, you know, it's it wasn't novelty. He wasn't making music that felt like kind of a novelty. He was making music that was still very much like the prime of his career. And we're talking about 30 years later. So, yeah, Undertaker or Jays. Um, if you want to learn tons about him, for some reason this is catching your ear and you're like, wow, look up Juan Epp is dead. We did over five hours of doom podcasting this week. So a lot of interviews and stuff like that. Let's go to Ted. Mail. Pete and SGG, longtime listener. I stopped watching raw and SmackDown a long time ago. I was never an NXT guy and I'm not really into AEW. I have a life and can't watch all that wrestling, even though I love it. I do listen to mass man and cheap heat when the episodes come out to keep up with the wrestling world. And I'll watch the pay-per-view if the Sunday night football game isn't good. But you're not getting me to watch all that TV when the stories are a pug and I've seen them before. Happy holidays and stay mage. <laughs> Shout out to you for protecting your peace. You know what? He's right. You're right. He's right. I don't want you to be right. Um, I want to tell you, no, you can't miss a thing. I want to tell you if you miss anything, you know, you're missing out, but unfortunately, I can't always say that's true. Uh, here's one. Mail. Sakari. Hey, sweet Pete, Tony Statlis, and the Dipper Fiend. I just want to say that I've listened to every episode of Cheap Pete in the last year, and well, ever. But I haven't watched a full episode of any wrestling TV show in 2020 and any pay-per-view since Money in the Bank. My last full show was a live TV taping of AW Dynamite, and after that experience, a TV show or pay-per-view without a crowd is a real bummer. Still, your podcast and a couple of others keep me engaged, and I check out clips after listening to Dip and SGG's debates to see who I am more in agreement with and what is my opinion on things. So thank you for going above and beyond for me and many others who have grown tired of the product on our screens but can still enjoy passionate, intelligent conversations about the sport we love. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Sincerely, Zach, a.k.a. Sakari. Thank you, man. That's so nice. Yeah. A lot of these messages are just nice because they're on the holidays. Um, 
That's really nice. Let's go to Marcus. Mail. Greetings, Macho Berg and Greg the Hitman. I haven't been watching wrestling long, but thanks to the WWE Network, I've gone back and watched a lot, thanks to quarantining, of old content. I've been watching AEW since day one, and I can honestly say that when it comes to pure wrestling, not brawling style or gimmick matches, it's not even close between AEW and WWE. AEW's men's roster is head and shoulders above WWE's in terms of pure wrestling, and this Omega and Phoenix solidified it. Outside of Cole, Balor, AJ, and Andrade, there's nobody on WWE's roster that can put on a better wrestling match than 90% of the AEW roster. Can't wait to hear Greg contort his way through this. Take it easy. Marky White Bebe. I, I got to tell you, uh, I'll let SGG talk, but you already obviously know how he feels. You don't need SGG to contort. That's just not true, what you said. And it wouldn't be a contortion because it's false. <laughs> yeah, that, he wouldn't have to contort. He wouldn't even have to bend it's, over. He yeah, wouldn't have to false. lean to his side. Um, no, listen, you might say you like the style of matches that they prioritize in AEW more. No problem. If you start making it about wrestling talent, actual, like the talent of the wrestlers, I think WWE has a better roster than AEW. I don't, I don't think it's first of all, it's, it's deeper. It's, it's just it's, much deeper. It's too much talent for them to not have, like they have the most stacked roster. They have SmackDown, Raw. NXT, NXT UK, and then they got guys waiting in the wings at the PC that haven't even hit TV yet. And also, I noticed you specifically didn't mention the women's roster. No, I meant I no, just no, mentioned he, the no, shows. No, 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 he did. He left oh, it out. Right, right, because he, it gets scary when you have to yeah, talk you know, about Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Bailey and Oscar. Yeah, he did. I mean, <laughs> listen, Bailey, Bailey is a character as in everything. She's one of the best in the business today. Period. Like yeah. he, I, I listen. I love you. And I deeply appreciate your listening. That was. I'll give them the tag teams because you know the Usos are missing as a tag team. New Day just got cut down to two thirds of their strength. I'll give. I'll. There's a debate to be had about the tag. Well, and they prioritize the tag team division a lot over there. Right. They give it a lot of time. Right. But Um, the roster, the talent, come on. Um. Did you see the beautiful thing written about me on four one one mania? I did not. Do you ever read 401 Mania? I do not. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. So yeah, you know, it's a it's an it's a dirt sheet. It's a, you know, it's a it's a website that does a, they do a lot of stuff, but they do movies, TV, music, wrestling, stuff like that, you know. Nerdy stuff, right? They did they do a year-end awards SUG and they did non they they did the top 5 or they ended up ranking total 10. They asked each of their writers to do a top 5 um, non-wrestlers, right? Um, so for example, the top five ended up being number five. I was a tie between Don Callis and Jake Roberts. Okay, number it's a stretch, but number four was William Regal. Number three was Taz. Number two was Tony Schiavone, and number one was Paul Heyman. I don't agree with their top five, but it exists. Right. So then they had they had each writer give their take. Shout out to Jake Chambers. I wanted to point him out because I've definitely called out people before who have been jerks to me, SGG. So I thought, what a kind of jerk would I be to not give a shout out to someone who I don't know who gives me such love? You want, you want to hear this? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find it myself. Oh, yeah, you know what? You read it because it makes me no, less I, of a D-bag. I can't find it. Here, so, I'm going to so send it to you. have it. 
Here, you know what? Here, I'll just copy and paste it for you so you can read it and I don't feel like such a bad guy. I'll tell you this part in the meantime, though, while it's making its way to you. Oh, uh, here, I, I have it. I think I have it. But you can tell me this part. No, no. Here, I sent it to you anyway. So uh, his top five, this guy's overall top five, was his five was Vicky Guerrero. I didn't know Vicky was doing much on TV this year, but so I'll, I'll try not to be offended by that. Four was Paul Heyman. Three was Reginald the, Reggie Som- the, sommelier. the sommelier, which I appreciate. And uh, two was the assistant to the NXT UK manager, Sid Scala. I don't even know who that is. His number one was Peter Rosenberg. So this guy likes to go off beat. Now, listen, I, when you hear that list, you might have think he's being sarcastic completely. But SGG, read this beautiful writing about, about me. I'm touched by this. Much to Peter, much respect to Peter Rosenberg on his return to the WWE pre-shows this year. But this is just as much a vote for his regular Cheap Heat podcast in a year when we've seen some of WWE periphery podcasts co-opted by the network Cheap heat. Oh, by the way, that's a shot. That is. That's a, yo, the Sammy, yo, Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> it is the era. <laughs> Poof, I didn't even realize that was a hold on. That, where is it? <laughs> Welcome to the shoot, arrow baby. All right, sorry. This is the era. All right, keep going. Cheap heat continues to be a nonpartisan hour of radio quality wrestling talk anchored by Rosenberg's clear professionalism with the medium, history with pro wrestling and logical criteria of what he's looking for in the art form. While he waters it down on screen for WWE, his persona still comes across as authentic and contrasts nicely with the in-ring legends and pretty communication school grads they surround him with. All right, well, that's another shot. Okay, (laughs) you know what? I'm sorry. That part actually wasn't nice either. I didn't realize he even said that. So welcome to the shoot. It was nice about you. It was nice about you. Yeah, Chuck, I do not co-sign that part. That was rude. Chuck's a great podcaster, by the way, but keep going. As we saw this year with Pat McAfee, there's a higher goal for podcast personalities in the WWE than simply a talking head. And while Rosenberg may not have McAfee size, he has to hope in his mouth carries him to a deeper role in the company one day soon. And wow, is that SGG? Wasn't that touching? That was well said, beautifully written. Jake Chambers on the money with this take. <laughs> Thank you. Just, just did not miss. I real no seriously though. I get I I am such a a baby about taking criticism, and I you guys know when it comes to wrestling, I take my share. So to just randomly that popped up in my Google alerts. My dad sent it to me actually. And I was like, oh, wait, someone included me in this? And he made me his number one. And he gave yeah. the, and what I loved about it was that he gave the podcast its props because I am proud of how objective we've stayed as a podcast. Everyone knows it's not easy to be living a dream where you're working for the company, but you also want to be critical of the product. And I'm damn proud of what we do on this show. And, I, and you know what? And I respect the WWE for continuing to have me work in spite of the fact that we keep it real on the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful, and and I feel that uh, the I, I hope at least that our audience still appreciates that we shoot. You know, you know what it is. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow <laughs> Baby. Of course. So anyway, shouts to Jake. Shouts to everyone who emailed us. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. We did so much, I didn't even get to roast how bad Chris Jericho was on commentary or how awful Snoop Dogg was in the ring. Snoop Dogg, I don't think you'll get another chance, but Jericho will give you another crack at it next week, I'm sure. <sighs> No, yo, Snoop, yo, by the way, Snoop, man, yo, does, does Snoop need every check? 
Does Snoop need every check? Because I do feel a little bit of a way for how the WWE has treated Snoop over the years with him getting a little job at CBS, which is his 9,000th like TV job he does for fun, and that being the reason he just rolls up on AEW. It, it felt a little iffy to me. Call me a homer on this one, but I was like, damn, really, Snoop? I'll say, I'll say this about the Snoop Splash, if you could call it that. The Snoop the, Splash is not a thing. I refuse to let the Snoop Splash become a thing because that was repug. There's two lessons. There's two lessons that everyone can take away from that moment. Number one, trust the pros. Cody laid that man right where he needed to be for Snoop to execute that maneuver. Snoop said, bring him closer. Yeah. Two, believe in yourself because Snoop said, bring him closer, overshot it, and landed where Cody had that man's body in the, the first, first time. Place. And he landed on his yeah. feet. It was now, I'll say one <laughs> thing in Snoop's defense, and I, I saw this on Twitter. It was awful. I feel a way about him leaving and going to AEW after just doing his whole Undertaker thing. I think it was a little, little rough, but I love Snoop. Um, yo, that, that top turnbuckle, guys, yo, it's high up there. Yo, it's it's high. No, it's it? no, no, it's high. <laughs> and you could see it. Did you see when Snoop stepped up there? How high yeah. it was? He was like, "Oh, this is high." <laughs> that's yo. high. That's yo. When Dip and I went went to the went to the warehouse once and hung out when I was going doing a bunch of stuff there, we went and played rolled around in the ring a little bit for fun. We climbed that top turnbuckle. It's high. Like with nobody around, you're still scared to kind of climb to the top turnbuckle and fully extend. Like it's it's. It's high. Yo, he, next time, Snoop just middle rope it. There's no shame. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a great point, SGG. <laughs> There's no shame in the middle rope. Like like, like Bret Hart hitting that elbow off the middle rope, you know? Just iconic still. Iconic still. Um, SGG, do me a favor and, and uh, enjoy yourself as much as you can this week and be safe in this crazy yeah, world. You too, P. You too. And everybody out there, stay mage. Take it easy, man.